Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. So thank you, Jesus, and thank you, worship team. All right, so um, actually, uh, the song that they sang, the homecoming song, is actually the, the title of my message today, uh, the homecoming. God is calling his body back into himself. God is calling his children back into himself in Christ. Um, when coronavirus, we were about a month into coronavirus, and we'd all just heard about it, and everybody was like, what? And we were all kind of locked away, and I was asking the Holy Spirit about it. And that night, he gave me a dream. And in the dream, he said, just very, very short and pithy, he said, I'm not calling this coronavirus, but I'm calling this the homecoming. The homecoming. And I think all across the globe right now, people are coming into the truth of the gospel, the full gospel, not the part gospel, but the full gospel. And that's really what I want to talk to you about. So when he says he's calling them home, this is what I believe that he is saying in Romans chapter 8, verse 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Where does he dwell? Where is he? Amen. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you, but if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many that are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. See, when you are born again, you are born again of the Spirit. So now we are Christ men and Christ women. We are sons of God and the bride of Christ. We are knit together with him in perfect union. There is no longer any separation between us and him. Now, I know that we all know this, but in a way, we kind of know it in our minds, but it hasn't really been integrated into our hearts and into our spirits because it doesn't become second nature until the pressures of the earth begin to force us to really think about what do you believe? Not just in who he is, but in who you are. Because the game changer is going to be who you believe that you are. See, the church has forgotten who she is. She is a powerhouse in the spirit. We are a prophetic people, end of story. We're a prophetic people. Every single one of us should be able to prophesy. Every single one of us is created by God, when the spirit of the living God comes and dwells in us, our ears get open to the spirit and we can hear. We are grounded in the word of God and led by the spirit of God. We are both word and spirit connected. And that's how we live our lives according to the spirit because we are led and we are sons. 
We are called to be a beautiful, spotless bride that is the perfect reflection of Christ, his nature, and his power. You see, when um, when Pentecost came, when the Holy Spirit came down, when that swirling, loud wind came down and landed on their heads, Peter said, this is, this is Joel, this is Joel 2. The Spirit of the living God has now broken in so that you can prophesy. And as we prophesy, things change. You see, the most valuable commodity in the earth today and in the days to come will be truth. It's not going to be money. It's not going to be food. It will be truth. Because the truth is going to set us all free. The truth is going to keep us where we need to be. It will establish us and it will drive us into the places where God has called us to dwell. We're experiencing now the greatest change in the church since Martin Luther's Reformation. We are experiencing the greatest shift right now in the church. You see, the homecoming that's happening right now, we think it's the lost coming in. But beloved, the homecoming is in the church. God is reforming his own church And he's doing it before he brings the lost in. Because he's not going to bring the lost into a religious system that does not give life. The shaking is causing us all to find our voices and find the truth of what we really believe. Do we really believe that I have power? Do I really believe in God's word and what he has said? You see, our hope is not in a political structure. Our hope is in a man and him alone. And, you know, we've looked to all of these other systems, and we've, they've, we, they've been able to provide for us. What was, what was the guy's name from China that came over here? He was a prisoner Brother Young, yeah, he came over here and, and he was shown this, this massive structure, this beautiful church in California, and, they, and, and the worship was incredible and the lighting was incredible and everything was so beautiful and, 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 and the word was wonderful. And, um, and so afterwards, the pastors asked him, you know, what did you think? And he said, it's amazing what you can do without the Holy Spirit. But it really is true. There are earthly systems and structures that have kind of held up the church, but yet the church is truly powerless. And we know that because we see that the culture has taken over the church instead of the church taking over the culture. Because without the power of God, you actually will create a subculture situation. But yet we were called to be counterculture. We're called to go out. We're called to be salt and light and distribute the very things that God has given us. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Let's talk about the prodigal son. 
Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 15. All right, he, the prodigal son had a homecoming. And um, really interesting story, Luke chapter 15. All right, let's start in verse 11. So, a certain man had two sons. So you have a father and you have two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. All right, so the father, he divides to them his livelihood. So the father divides his livelihood to both sons. You've got one son that's asking for it, but it says that he divided him to both sons. So he gives them their inheritance, okay? And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and he decided to go on a journey to a far kingdom. And there he wasted his possessions with prodigal living. Prodigal living means licentiousness, licentiousness. Licentiousness. Thank you, Matthew. Well, yeah, I mean, um, and it's not good. It actually, prodigal actually means to be indifferent to moral restraints. And so what he did is he started living according to the flesh and not according to the spirit. But when he had spent all, there arose a famine in the land and he began to be in want. And then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate and no one gave him anything. So he's in pretty bad shape. He's living prodigal living, okay? He's got this, this type of lifestyle that he's living according to the flesh. He got the father's inheritance. He got born again. But yet, instead of living in the father's house, he chose to live his life by his own design, according to the flesh. Both were sons but both made a different choice after they had been given the inheritance of life. Verse 17, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. So what he does is he returns home. Why? He remembered who his father was. And even though he had seen all of these things in the land that he thought could prosper him with his inheritance, he realized that all of those things failed him. He counted on the earthly things, but the earthly things did not satisfy, nor could they give him the provision that he needed in order to be fully established. You see, religion and fleshly living will never be able to satisfy us and it will never be able to promote us. And so he returns home. And what's the one thing that he thought? He was like, okay, okay, 
I know my dad. I know my father, and I know he has bread in his house. He even gives bread to his servants. The bread is the truth of heaven, the word of God, the bread of life that came from heaven that will feed you what you need, which is the truth. And it is that truth that will establish us and help us to navigate these days that we're living in. The most valuable commodity that we have is a living word of God right now. Living by the Spirit. So he said this in verse 21, and the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. And so even his identity was shaken. So he was, he, he remembered who his father was, but still forgot who he was and his, his stature before the Lord and before the father. But the father said to the servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and bring out the ring, bring and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And so he's saying to him, I want you to clothe him in righteousness. I want you to clothe him with right living that he, that uh, once again, he will have the word and get synced in with the word. So he slipstreams in that place and he will live rightly before me because he will have the word. The second thing he said, I want you to give him a ring, which is, which signifies authority. I want you to give him authority and power. So he'll have my word and he'll have the ability now to walk in that kind of anointing. And the other thing is, I want you to give him these sandals because every place he goes, he will bring peace. I mean, what an incredible story and what an incredible picture of a homecoming. And you can take that and you can superimpose it on the church today and what God is really wanting to do. He is looking for us to find our way home and the truth of the gospel, not a partial truth of the gospel. So God is calling his church. And look, I want to make sure that you understand my heart here when I say this because I love the church. I I build the church. I'm in the church. And I love, I love, God loves his church. But guys, I'm telling you, God is calling his beloved children out of heretical system that is in his church that is not teaching them to live by the Spirit, that have rejected the Holy Spirit today. And that's a hard thing to hear, but it is the truth. Because religion is not going to save us in the days to come. Constantly being focused on the law and sin is going to lead to death. It's a fleshly type of existence. But if we are led by the Spirit of God, and we we groan with Him in intercession, we learn how to live with life in an abundant way that brings life everywhere we go. And just as Tim was saying, you have the Word of the Lord because every mountain in the earth, whether it's art, whether it's 
architecture, whether it's education, whether it's political, every single mountain of influence is yearning for the sons of God to stand up and begin to prophesy. When I wasn't a believer and I heard somebody prophesying to somebody around me, I didn't even know that was a thing. I'd never even heard of that. But in my heart, my heart leapt. And I whispered, I wish that she would say something to me. He's calling his church out of this system of religion that has not produced dominion and transformative living. Um, You know, we really are called to transform the, the earth. That's what the Bible says, right? We're actually supposed to be uh, taking dominion. And so I want you to turn in your Bibles to, um, where are we going? Deuteronomy 11.11. Deuteronomy All right, but the land which you cross over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water from the rain of heaven. And it shall be, in at verse 13, it shall be that if you earnestly obey my commandments, which I command you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all of your heart, with all of your soul, Verse 14, that I will give you the rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the latter rain, that you may gather in your grain, your new wine and your oil. Verse 23, then the Lord will drive out all of these nations before you and you will dispossess greater and mightier nations than yourself. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads shall be yours. From the wilderness of Lebanon and Lebanon, from the river, the river of Euphrates, even to the Western Sea shall be your territory. So he says this. He says, you know, the Bible is ifs and thens, right? There is a reward system set up for us. If you do this, then I'll do this. It's very clear. If you don't do this, then I won't do this. There is an if and then that happens. And so we are called to obey God, obey his what? Obey his commands. And we say to ourselves, but, you know, in the New Testament, there's just two. Love God and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Beloved, there are a thousand commandments in the New Testament. A thousand. Obey my word and obey the leadership of my spirit, and I will prosper you. And he says this, this is our promise, that you will possess your promise, and you will dispossess the enemy, and you will have abundant living. And people will take a look at you and go, what are you doing? How are you living your life? Because I'm stressed out all the time. And 
the, the shakings are going on, all these bad things are happening, you're actually getting prospered right now. You're actually not worried. You have no fear. I want whatever it is that you have. That right there is spirit living. So I want to I want to go over this because it it is it's very critical to what's happening right now and the restoration of what God is doing. He's talking about several things. He said, "Listen, I'm going to give you the the uh, the early rain and I'm going to give you the latter rain, which means you're going to harvest in both seasons." That also means, you know, when um Jesus came, what did he do? He gathered in. He was an early rain guy. What are we? A latter, but we don't just get the latter rain. We're going to get the latter rain and the early rain. And so we're going to get a double portion of rain and we're going to do the greater works. So he said, you're going to get the grain, the new grain, the new wine and the oil. All right. And now turn to Joel 2 because Joel 2 that happened that uh, Peter said, oh, this is Pentecost. This is what's happening. I want to tell you about the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord. Okay. The day of the Lord is the day of, or the generation of the Lord's return. And so there's going to be this time and these people that live in this hour before the Lord's return. I believe that we are that generation. I don't think you have to, uh, you know, anybody, any simpleton can say, all right, something's up. You know, I mean, you've got, uh, uh, you know, in, even entertainers are saying, uh, that's the mark of the beast or this is that or this is the other thing. And they're kind of, you know, around the fringes of the Bible and they're starting to quote scripture and revelation. And you're like, well, how about that? <laughs> They got it wrong, but still, they're trying. I appreciate it. All right, so Joel 2, verse 1. He says this. So here's, uh, let me just give you an overall. On Joel 2, there's two armies that he's talking about. One is the bad army. One is the good army. Okay, so you got the good guys and the bad guys. All right, verse 1. Blow the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord is coming. It is at hand. That's the warning blow. That's the blow the trumpet in Zion because you guys need to wake up because the enemy is in the land and he is great. This enemy is great and he is terrible and he is coming after you. By the way, by the way, I just want you to know that, that the enemy doesn't care about the unbelievers. He's after you. The kings of the earth are trying to destroy God's people, to enslave the entire earth under Satan's dominion so that God's people will be wiped off the earth. That's the game plan. Okay, so in verse two, I'm just gonna read this part. A people come great and strong, the like of whom has never been. Verse six, before them, the people writhe in pain. All faces are drained in color. They run like mighty men. They climb the wall like men of war. Everyone marches in formation and they do not break ranks. Verse 10, the earth quakes before them. The heavens tremble. The sun and the moon grow dark. The stars diminish their brightness. Oh, yay. This is not good news. But, <laughs> God, verse 11, 
God steps on the scene. The Lord gives voice before his army. For his camp is very great. For strong is the one who executes his word. For the day of the Lord is great and terrible. Who can endure it? So then he says this, now therefore turn to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning, rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God for he is gracious and merciful. I am telling you, beloved, right now there is a homecoming and this is what he's saying to his church. Return to me with fasting, return to me with weeping because you forgot who you are. And once again, he says this in verse 15, blow the trumpet, but this time he's blowing a trumpet for a different reason. It is not a trumpet to warn us. It is a trumpet to get the tribes and the armies of God in alignment. Consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the people. That's why it's really important right now for all of the people of God to begin to gather when they begin to hear the trumpet sounding, get it into the church. Get under a place that you know teaches the full gospel. Throw off everything to get to a place of truth with people that know how to navigate heaven to earth. Assemble the elders, gather the children and the nursing babes. So he says a couple of things. He said, let the bridegroom go out of his chamber and the bride from her dressing room. So he's calling us bride. He's calling us an army and he's telling us that we are priests. All right, and then he goes on, stay with me. And it says in verse 18, then the Lord will be zealous for his land and pity his people. The Lord will answer and say to his people, behold, I send you the grain and the new wine and the oil and you will be satisfied by them. No longer will I make you a reproach among the nations. I am telling you, beloved, there is coming this new wine, this new grain, and this oil to God's people. And we are about to benefit. And what is the new grain? What is the new wine? Well, that's communion. That is, that is the body and blood of Jesus. And the oil is this anointing, this place of, of great abundance and great power. And when we have these things, they are so incredibly valuable. And you have to understand when the Lord is telling the Jewish people this, these are the three things that he picks up, but he doesn't talk about lambs. He's not talking about goats. He's not talking, he keeps bringing up these three things. And if you research these three things, the grain, the wine, and the oil, you're gonna find it's all throughout scripture because it represents his son. And he's saying, this is the anointed one. This is what you need. Now, I want you to turn one last time with me to Revelation chapter six, and I'm gonna show you where this is when the, the angels are coming to uh, wreak havoc. Okay, chapter six, the seal. Okay, so these seals are getting broken. So you go down to the third seal and you will see this. Okay, the angels are, are stirring up some trouble there in the earth. 
And it says on the on uh, verse five, when he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come and see. So I looked and behold a black horse and he that sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for denarius and do not harm the oil and the wine. And so the Lord is saying to us, look, in the shakings that are coming, the whole earth is going to shake. God is shaking the enemy, but he is not going to shake his church. The only thing he's going to do, those that have the oil, the bread, and the wine are the ones that are going to be provided for in this hour. And he's saying to the angel, do not touch these things because it is the provision for my people. And we will be like Goshen was when the 10 plagues hit Egypt. We will be in that place where we will not be touched with the things that are coming upon the earth because these are the things that will sustain us. And it is his voice, his spirit. So we will be fully aligned in that. And beloved, I am telling you, God is about to pour out his spirit on every denomination in the Western church. And they are about to come into the truth of the fire of God. And they've had the word of God. And I just thank God of how they've, they've labored in the word. But I'm telling you, beloved, they are about to get the spirit like nobody's business. And, and the least in the kingdom right now is going to be teaching and training them. Whew. All right, let's pray. Why don't we stand? God, I thank you that you're calling your children back. That you are calling us home to the Father's house. That we are leaving this place of living according to the flesh. God, I pray that you would strengthen us, that as we turn from fleshly living, leaning on our own understanding, building up high places and exalting high places, God, would you bring us back into your house? Give us a robe of righteousness. Give us a signet ring of authority and shod our feet with peace. God, we love you and we thank you. God, we ask you now that you would anoint our ears that we could hear your voice. Would you echo in our spirits? God, I ask that you would give us power that we could bear witness to the truth in this hour. God, I pray for a spirit of prophecy on your people, even now, God. Would you release it across this room and across everybody who's online? God, would the spirit of prophecy come flooding into their bedrooms and into their dens and their living rooms? God, would you help us in this hour? Give us the word of the Lord in due season. God, I thank you that you're calling us into union with you, that we would live both in spirit and truth. And we bless you for it, God. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.